Welcome to Let's Talk Sales, the podcast that's all things sales and business development. This podcast series is for CEOs that are looking to build strong companies, sales VPs and sales managers that want to take things to the next level, and of course, for salespeople that are looking to improve. This podcast is brought to you by the Criteria for Success Sales Growth Program. Are you looking to experience a breakthrough in your team's sales? Have you tried sales training in the past, but were unable to make it stick? The Criteria for Success Sales Growth Program is a year-long engagement that combines sales and leadership training, a digital Calavia sales playbook, and a coaching and accountability process that will change your sales culture and drive sustained growth. Learn more at criteriaforsuccess.com. Today's podcast is part of our CFS Talk Sales Series, where we here at our very own team talk about sales and share ideas, techniques, tips, insights for CEOs, sales managers, and salespeople. And this series is all about growth, improving, and producing breakthrough results. This is Rebecca Toomey, and I have with me today our operations officer and senior advisor, Elizabeth Frederick. Hello, everybody. Thanks for being with me, Elizabeth. I feel like we've had um, quite a few podcasts with the two of us lately, and we always have such a great conversation. Um, We've gotten good feedback from our listeners, but definitely we always like more. Um, But we have a lot to talk about, and these episodes could probably be about 10 hours long. So we'll keep it (laughs) tight. I have an appointment. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. And this is going to be a fun interview because it is all about this month's ebook, which is based on our theme of mentors, coaches, and advisors. And it's fun because three of us actually co-wrote this month's ebook. Charles, Elizabeth, and I got together and we created this ebook called The Difference Between Advisors, Coaches, and Mentors, How to Skyrocket Your Career by Leveraging Business Advisors, Coaches, and Mentors. A little redundant, but hey, Ada gets the point across. <laughs> we might be tweaking that title just a little bit. I know, we'll right? Now, now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, wait a second. That's very redundant. And unfortunately, Charles is traveling. Yes. So he could not be with us for the recording. We tried to look for days, and he has just been so in and out of the office. That- yeah, he's uh, in Mexico. I'm a little bit jealous. I think it's probably a bit warmer than New York in uh, December. Yes. So we, we couldn't get him in on this one, but we will be speaking on his behalf. He wrote this section on advisors, and uh, I think we can confidently say having read his section and experiencing, you know, his experience, well, secondhand experiencing his experiences, <laughs> we can speak to that chapter for him. Certainly. And just um, by the very nature of what we do, we function as business advisors for many of our clients. And so I've seen um, the way clients have worked with us and the way many of our clients have leveraged other business advisors that they work with. Um, and so uh, I'm excited to talk about that because I think a lot of people, just back to the very title of the pod, or of the of the ebook, the difference between advisors, coaches, coaches, and mentors, those words get smushed together and people mm-hmm. don't really understand the differences. Yep. So I'm excited to talk about that today. I think Me it'll too. add a lot of value, value for people who are looking to achieve growth. They're looking to experience a change and they don't really know what's the best way to get there. What's the best kind of partnership to leverage? Definitely. And we'll talk about how some of those roles can overlap sometimes because sometimes a mentor or a co- uh, can also be a coach or a coach can be a mentor or vice versa. There are some crossovers and we'll just get down to the granular parts of it and kind of speak to that. Now, for our listeners, you can find a link to our show notes or you can find a link to the ebook, I'm sorry, in the show notes. And that can be found at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod one zero seven. And now we're going to do this a little bit differently. We usually for our ebook interviews, ask questions and kind of get into it that way. But since Elizabeth and I were both part of the creation of this ebook, as was Charles, we figured instead of asking questions that we're going to have a dialogue about it. So I would love to hear your feedback after you listen to this episode and see if you like the format, if it's something that's intriguing and entertaining (laughs) and keeps you listening. (laughs) But I first really want to set some context for this discussion and for this ebook. We decided to write this ebook in December for a reason. Mm -hmm. We're going into a new year and that is such a special time because it's a time for us to reflect. It's time for us to look back, and then it's a time for us to look forward and set goals for next year. So we thought it was the perfect time to talk about how these roles, advisors, mentors, and coaches, can help us to achieve our goals. So in the first chapter, 
Charles addresses business advisors. He shares details about what business advisors do, why they're valuable. And then he talks about how you can find a business advisor and make the decision to work with them. So of course, Elizabeth and I, you know, we both feel very comfortable talking and speaking to this part. And I'll just throw out there that Charles is a part of a CEO peer advisory group called Vistage. And he actually has a business advisor. His name is Mark Taylor. Mm -hmm. And if you're interested, you're listening and you're interested, Mark is actually doing a special webinar for us on December 18th at 2 p.m. And it's called Personal and Professional Development, How to Accelerate Your Growth by Leveraging Coaching and Peer Groups. And during that webinar, you'll hear from Mark and kind of his experience over the years of working with CEOs and other executives. It's not just about CEOs. It's also about executives um, that are basically leaning on each other and learning from Mm -hmm. each other through peer advisory and peer learning. Absolutely. I think one unique aspect of um, the Vistage organization that Charles is in, and you see this in other organizations like WPO or YPO or EPO, that's a lot of POs, um, <laughs> a lot of POs. <laughs> uh, and, and a number of different kinds of organizations, um, is that combination of having a business advisor who is probably the one leading the group, as well as the peers who are in the group with you who are providing business advice. Yes. And I think something that's really important there is they're kind of functioning as an outsourced board. Mm-hmm. Um, some organizations have a board. Uh, some don't. Um, some might have a board and an executive might be a part of a group, like like a Vistage um, or one of the POs. <laughs> but um, it's incredibly helpful to not just have that one business advisor, but sometimes to have that wider set of perspectives. Yep. Because the purpose of a board and what they're supposed to be able to do is provide strategic advice, kind of be able to take a step back and not be so caught up in the weeds as you are as a leader in your organization and, and kind of point out, did you, you know, have you noticed this risk? Mm-hmm. Or um, you might not have considered this opportunity. Something Charles mentioned in the ebook, and um, this is really to me the whole purpose of business advice, is you want somebody to point out what you don't know that you don't know. Yes. A lot of times when you're working with a coach or working with a mentor, not that those are not important relationships, and we'll talk about those. We wrote those chapters, so we believe in it. (laughs) But a lot of times you might seek out a coach or a mentor because you know that you don't know something, right? So I might say, I'm struggling with time management, or Mm -hmm. I'm struggling with um, managing difficult personalities on my team, or something like that. I'm going to find a coach or a mentor who can guide me through this process. They'll show me things I don't know, but I'm kind of a lot of times going to those relationships um, because I I know I have a gap. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of times you engage with a business advisor on a longer term um, on a longer term basis, either again one person or a group of people. And what you want them to do is point out the things that you don't even know you should be thinking about. Yeah, yeah, totally. I I'll never forget when he came back. Charles came back once from his group, and it was his week to present. Do you remember that? And he presented. I don't even remember what it was. It was this was a couple of years ago. It's some sales pitch or a new product or some idea, and everybody gave him a hard time. They were mm-hmm. really critical about it, but it was good because yeah. then he was like, "Oh wow, I really need to take a step back. I need to reanalyze what I'm doing here. This whole thing." Now, if he had just worked with the singular advisor and the advisor told him, "Hey, this is garbage," he probably <laughs> would have been like, "Oh yeah, whatever. What, what does he know?" But the fact that he did have like 10 people, 10 people like saying the same, out the same thing, things. <laughs> it really helps. So it, it is interesting. And now we are discussing a little bit right now the difference between a business advisor and a peer advisory group. And mm-hmm. both have their benefits. I think it's important to have, it's very beneficial that you have both. Definitely. Definitely. We often see that somebody would have a business business advisor working with the company, um, maybe as you're going through a very significant stage of growth. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you're an executive who was recently um, brought into leadership, uh, we often see that startups will engage business advisors because they, you know, they're growing fast. Maybe they um, they have financing and they, you know, they're they're growing well. They have a lot of people, but they're a very new company. Um, And in all of those situations, you often have a business advisor. um, And a business advisor is typically somebody who just has a lot of experience. Mm -hmm. Um, That's where they're very similar to a mentor. Mm -hmm. Um, So a business advisor might be somebody who's grown and sold multiple companies, or they grew a company really well. Um, 
maybe they've worked in a lot of big businesses. And typically what you're looking for in a business advisor is somebody who has that broad perspective, somebody who knows the best practices for a lot of different business um, areas, somebody who might have connections um, that they can make for you. And you really want that business advisor who you can align with on goals. Maybe they'll help you set goals, but maybe you'll just share your goals with them and then they'll work with you on figuring out how can you make sure that you achieve those goals. Definitely. Definitely. Now, should we jump into coaches? Do you feel that we have done a service to business advisors and kind of speaking to what they are, what they do? Um, and maybe we should talk a little bit about the benefits of having a business. I mean, we've been talking about the benefits of I having a business just like advisor. How to find a business advisor? Uh, I think we didn't really talk about that much, mm-hmm. and um, even how to pick a business advisor. So we we want to make sure if you think ba- in your organization that you need a business advisor, mm-hmm. um, and typically, by the way, a business advisor is engaged by the company. And as we get into the remaining. Um, portions of this discussion, we'll talk about how you would engage a coach and how you might engage a mentor. But typically, a business advisor is paid, and it is typically paid for out of the company's budget. This Mm -hmm. is not something that you're investing in as as an individual. Yes. Um, A business advisor, uh, you're typically going to be looking in a couple of different directions. You might decide to join an organization like a Vistage, um, like one of the professional um, support organizations. And in that case, you just need to evaluate what's available in your area. Mm-hmm. It's best if you can meet in person um, and pick the one that you seem to fit with. And I'll talk in a minute about how you might you might pick. But then um, sometimes you just want to find an individual. Mm-hmm. We have a number of clients where they've had a business advisor who was external, who would come in and provide advice and consulting and leadership to the leadership team. And typically where we saw that they would find these people is um, industry experts mm-hmm. a lot of times okay. or people who had built similar companies who were just kind of um, had had left you know day-to-day work and they just decided to step back and give back mm-hmm. to the community. But instead of just being mentors, they would engage in consulting projects. Sometimes we'd see that they'd have a relationship um, over a specific time period. You know, we're going to work with you this year to build up your leadership function, mm-hmm. or we're going to work with you this year to really make sure that your sales organization is turned around. You know, in that case, they, they should engage us. <laughs> but um, uh, with either of those, a lot of times people really find it difficult to figure out um, how can I engage with this person? How do I know if a person's a good fit? Because you're almost interviewing them. Yes. When it comes to a business advisor, you have to almost treat it as if you're hiring them. And you use similar decision-making, a similar process. You should have multiple people on your team meet with the person. It shouldn't just be you as an executive you know, just deciding I've picked a business advisor, everybody, you, you've got to trust them. Um, but you want to have them meet with other key leaders and really trust their feedback. You know, was this person asking good questions? Do they seem to have good um, subject matter knowledge? But um, something Charles mentions, and this is a core philosophy um, for us when it comes to hiring or engaging anybody, is the three categories that you look at, and that's talents, talent, experience, and chemistry. Mm-hmm. And so often, we overvalue experience, either when we're hiring um, an employee or when we're engaging a business advisor. And we just think, oh, somebody, they worked in our field for 30 years. They mm-hmm. must be a perfect advisor, right? <laughs> or you're hiring somebody for a position. Oh, they did the same job for 20 years. Clearly, I should just hire them. And yeah. we think experience is the most important. But but the most, most, most important is actually chemistry. Absolutely. Do they fit? That doesn't mean that they're a yes person, that they mm-hmm. agree with everything you have. It's a it, it, it's a benefit, actually, if they can challenge you, give you that negative feedback like yeah. Charles got. Yeah. But do you have chemistry with them? Do you communicate yeah. in the same way? Um, if you're butting heads, if you don't trust them, it's not going to work. Um, and then finally, it is talent. And so you want to say chemistry is at the top, next is talent, and then is experience. They might, for example, have grown a business in a different area to yours. But that's it took a talent even to achieve that, um, and they can apply that talent to your organization. Mark um, had a completely different kind of company to Charles's. Mm-hmm. Nobody in Charles's peer advisory group has the same kind of business that we do. They're all non-competitive, but still they have talent in growing their businesses, and yes. they're able to apply that yes. to ours. Absolutely. So I just did a whole lot of talking, there, <laughs> but I, I personally have a lot of experience with, with business advisors, and I'm a big fan, so I wanted to really speak for Charles here. <laughs> Definitely. And I think that you bring up a good point with I I like that Charles mentioned TEC in the ebook 
the talent experience and chemistry, that's also something that we use here during the hiring process when we're, we are hiring candidates because those things are so important. Chemistry is such an important thing. It, it, think about it this way. Everyone has a different personality. And some people you're going to really click with. I don't know if you've ever met someone that you met them and immediately felt like you knew them for a long, long time. Absolutely. And the people that you cannot talk to for months and then you get on the phone again and it's just like an immediate reconnection. Yep. Yeah. It's a great thing. And I think that that's something to look for when you're looking for an advisor. We're going to talk about coaches and mentors coming up here. But no matter who you're looking for, that's going to be a very important part of it. I, I actually talked about one during the mentor section that a mentor is not a therapist. <laughs> However, they should listen like one. Absolutely. And I think that the selection process is actually pretty similar to choosing a therapist because you might go to a therapist and you're like, what is this? This is not what I thought that this that, you know, this might be. And come to find out, it's just that you didn't have a personality click with the person sitting on the other side. Definitely. And that's a really good example too, because um, just like with therapy, um, when it comes to mentoring or coaching or business advice, people have a combination of their own personality mm-hmm. and then also the processes that they use. So there are styles of therapy, right? Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing with advice. There are some business advisors who are going to come in and say, everybody needs to take this survey mm-hmm. and then we're going to analyze the results of the <laughs> survey and then we're going to do this, 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 and this. And they have a very structured approach. Mm-hmm. Some are more, I'm going to come in and I'm going to sit in on your leadership team meetings. And when I feel like I have advice, we're just going to kind of go with the flow and that advice will crop up. Um, some will say, I want to have a call with you once a week. That's process. Mm-hmm. Then there's personality. We had one client um, in the South and they had brought in a business advisor who was from the Northeast. And now we are Northeast people, so I'm not bashing Northeast people, <laughs> but Northeast people can be a little pushy for people in the South. Um, yes. And he was not a cultural fit in their organization. And so he was a good guy, talented, experienced, but he didn't have the chemistry fit. Mm-hmm. And they were feeling overwhelmed by his communication style. And we see sometimes that you have that bad fit with a business advisor and sometimes you can adjust it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you you learn and you get to know people and they learn, you know, slow down a little bit um, and you learn like they're not attacking me. Um, and sometimes you can work through it. But sometimes if they're really just not a chemistry fit, they're not a cultural fit, yeah. it might be best to just say, you know what, why don't you work with people that you are a better fit for and we're going to find somebody who's a better fit for us. Because if you're Definitely. constantly um, kind of pushing at each other, rubbing at each other in a way that um, is causing conflict, in a way that is causing you to avoid following through on their recommendations, mm-hmm. you're not going to actually get the value of the advice that they're providing you. Definitely. You want someone who's gentle, who's tough, but also gentle. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. In a way, you know, the, the most effective. <laughs> so now what about coaches? What is the difference, Elizabeth, between a an advisor and a coach and the over any overlaps that you might discover. Yeah. To me, um, and as I was doing some research for my area of ebook and looking at coaches specifically and, and the differences between the two, I would say is that a business advisor is typically focused on a whole organization. Mm-hmm. They're really looking at your company. Typically, they're engaging with a leadership team um, and, and they're looking at your organizational processes, goals, and structures. A coach is talking to an individual. They're focused on an individual personal professional development. Mm -hmm. And there are different kinds of coaches, and we'll talk about that. But I think that's the really big distinguishing factor. The same thing when we get into mentoring. Mentors are also working with people typically at an individual level. Mm -hmm. And that's a really big difference between a business advisor and a coach. And that's why, by the way, first of all, um, when it comes to a business advisor, they're almost always paid. Um, and yes, um, and and that's uh, and typically same with coaches as well. Mentors are the area where it's typically free. Someone yes. is volunteering their time to mentor you. Yes. And those are that's another big distinguishing factor yep. between the three types. Now, Elizabeth coaches coaches. I do. <laughs> so <laughs> can you speak to that, Elizabeth? Definitely. So first of all, I want to talk a little bit about um, just the term coaching when it comes to business. We mm-hmm. just say the word coaching. Um, <laughs> it, it comes from sports. Obviously, we all can think of coaching. And when I was looking at at this and thinking about the way that that I've I coach and the way that I've seen our clients coach, um, it's important to really think about what are the different ways we see coaching happening in the world. Um, a lot of times, I'll work with a client and we implement coaching programs with our clients. We mm-hmm. think that that's one of the best ways to see people grow and apply what they're learning in the program and improve. 
And so we will work with the leadership team to identify people who should be coaches. We solicit people to coach. Sometimes we ask people to volunteer. And without fail, guaranteed, (laughs) every time we do an initial kickoff call with the coaches, we'll ask them, like, what is your vision for a coach? You know, what do you think coaching needs? And somebody say, oh, I coach my kids' soccer class. So, you know, soccer Mm -hmm. team. Mm -hmm. So I, I know what it is to be a coach. Now, I'm not saying there are not parallels. But coaching a bunch of little six-year-olds to play soccer, which is one of the hardest things in the world to do is they like cluster around and <laughs> oh, follow yeah. the ball. Oh, yeah. Have you ever seen six-year-olds play soccer? It's, it's super cute. but um, Yeah, I'm pretty sure I definitely scored on the wrong goal when I was six years old playing soccer. I just always love um, with little kids when you see a whole bunch of them running around the field all like surrounding the ball. Like nobody's like in their other position. Yeah, and it's just like it's they buzz so around. Cute. It's adorable. Um, anyway, so coaching that is not the same thing. So there's two types of coaches that you often see in sports. Um, In a lot of team sports, so think baseball, think soccer, think hockey, think football, Mm -hmm. you have a coach that is sitting on the sidelines during a game, directing the game. Um, Well, baseball, maybe they call them manager, but I'm I'm not a big baseball person. But anyway, regardless, there's (laughs) I didn't know that. Is that new? Isn't it? No, I think they call them managers. We we will get feedback from our listeners (laughs) on this. (laughs) But anyway, they're sitting on the sidelines during a game, directing the movement of the game, right? They're deciding what plays you use. They're deciding um, what you should do. And then in between games, they're often providing kind of training and developing best practices. Then you think individual sports. So um, whether that's... um, like ice skating, whether that's, um, let's, I gave different examples in there, golf, tennis, um, sports where you're playing as an individual, you work with a coach completely outside the game environment. Mm-hmm. I think we all know the U.S. Open this year, there was um, there was some controversy. You are not allowed to receive coaching during the game. Um, <laughs> and that comes up in other sports as well, where, you know, once the player goes out to do their thing, the coach is just, you know, behind the scenes or not even there. A long analogy, but I want you guys to think of business coaching. It's that second type. Um, the person who's directing activity on a day-to-day basis is going to be somebody's manager, and mm-hmm. your manager is usually not your coach. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times we're thinking about um, you know, developing plays for people and telling them what to do. We think that's coaching. That's not coaching. That's managing. Mm-hmm. And coaching is really all about developing skills, um, you know, training people, helping them figure out what they should do when they're out in the world to do their thing. Definitely. Okay. So I Googled it. In baseball, the field manager, commonly <laughs> referred to as the manager, is the equivalent of a head coach. I knew it. Who's responsible for overseeing and so making final decisions, blah, blah, blah. Good job there. And they wear the uniform. It's like the only I professional sport where they He's, wear the uniform. The picture here picture is- Picture every other oh, sport man. you can think of. If the coach was on the field or on the sidelines, where like if a football coach were standing there in a football uniform, is not very confusing. <laughs> I'm a hockey person, um, so the coaches wear suits. I I don't know what you know all other sports do, but I knew a baseball thing. I'm just gonna kind of ride those laurels for a while now. <laughs> and the sports that I follow are not common enough. I follow motorcycle racing, and they definitely is there coaching. There is coaching, but it's at a different level. There's a lot of First of all, it's a lot of trial and error and learning from your mistakes. <laughs> Oops, I crashed. Shouldn't Oops. do that again. <laughs> you're learning from other people, but you're really, you're learning from the techs. You're learning from the mechanics and the guys that are working on your computers and all that stuff. You come back in and they give you feedback yep. and then you use that it's feedback. It's almost kind of mentoring. More it is. It's more mentoring. Now, I did have a good girlfriend who her dad was her manager. She called him the, her manager mm-hmm. and he was a manager. He was her pit crew and he was her coach, and he mm-hmm. would he would coach her up before she would go out there, which is, I think is a very sports related method, you know. Right before she go, all right, just you're gonna you know, do this, yeah, get the yeah. whole shot, do this, do that, and it, it, he was very much a coach, so definitely. And that gets into that blurring the line between guiding that you know in game activity when it applies to sales, right? Mm-hmm. You could have a somebody who. Who perceives as a coach, I should be literally saying, you know, what are you doing in your in your call that you're about to make? Um, let's role practice. And certainly a coach can do that. But typically speaking, coaches are going to take a little bit more of a step back. Mm-hmm. So when we when I started looking at coaching, I identified that there are different levels of coaching that yes. happens. And yes. I think this is also where people have a lot of confusion, where coaching can be on um, tactics, mm-hmm. on execution. What are your plans? What are your goals? Um, how, are you achieving them? Are you setting the right goals? Very kind of tactical, kind of down mm-hmm. um, ground level. 
Then there's coaching on skills and on personal growth and development. Um, you know, are you struggling in a certain area? Are you finding it difficult to manage your time? Is um, Are you trying to learn to be a manager and, and figure that out? Um, and that's kind of more intermediate coaching. And then a lot of times people think of coaching as like a life coach, which mm-hmm. is a really valuable thing. This is somebody who might talk to you about how you optimize your personal life, how you optimize your professional life mm-hmm. to be happier and healthier as an individual. Um, sometimes at this kind of advanced level of coaching, somebody is working with you really independent of your job. And they might actually say you should leave your job um, and find a different different place. And so I think a lot of times people think I should be doing all of that kind of coaching. Yeah. But I think it's, it's really, different. it's different. And mm-hmm. what you need is different. Yes. Just about everybody needs basic coaching. Yeah. Somebody that you're bouncing plans off, you know, is this a good method of attack? Is this, you know, how I should be structuring things? Is this how I should plan for my, my week or my month? Um, and then the second type of coaching, most of us need that at one time or another. You know, I'm looking to improve in this area. Mm-hmm. That big picture coaching, it's up to you if you think that you would benefit from that and would be able to be open enough with somebody to get that input from them. You bring up a good point there that it doesn't matter if you're working with a business advisor or a coach or a mentor, any anyone that you're seeking advice from, you have to be open. Absolutely. If you're not open to growth or changing or self-reflection, I actually actually Technically, Mark is now my advisor. Yes. Because I just joined Vistage's Emerging Leaders program, which I'm really mm-hmm. excited about. And so I'm going to be a part of a group, an, a peer advisory group, similar to what Charles is doing in his CEO group. And um, our first assignment was self reflection. We had to mm-hmm. take this test to see how self aware we, we are about ourselves. And then Charles took it about me. And so I had to compare his responses to my own responses and try to see where there might be gaps. The biggest areas where there's a discrepancy is typically the place where you're not as self-aware, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Such a great practice. So we had to, you know, look into our little report and then choose something to work on this week, an area to work on this week. So I'm really working on listening because according to my self-awareness exam, I don't listen very well. So <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> All right. I'll start to think about that. But it's it's definitely, that's a really important part of the process. Um, I think a lot of people might struggle with how to find a coach definitely. and really don't know how to do that. Yeah. So how do they do that? All right. I'm queuing <laughs> myself up. So um, through that basic level of coaching where it's focused on tactics, it's focused on goals and executing, you can look for, you can do find that on your own. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're going to find a peer. And you'll coach each other. You know, we're going to meet every Monday and talk about our plans for the week, look at our calendars for the week, and see if there's anything that we want to share best practices or concerns with each other and get some coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, that's typically going to be free. That's typically going to be just a casual relationship. You might also, depending on your organization, have a coaching program. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, especially bigger companies, will have a coaching program. And it's typically that bottom level, basic tactics coaching, or the mid-level kind of skills coaching. You can also get that kind of coaching from your manager, depending on their approach, depending on the size of the team they're managing. Mm -hmm. Um, If they're really at capacity, you might not be able to get it. But for many people, if you tell your your manager, hey, I want some coaching, I want to make sure I'm doing the right things and I'm doing them well, I'm really executing and and being the best I can be, can you hold me accountable? Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of managers are going to do that. So finding a basic coach is relatively easy. Yeah, definitely. I wanted to throw something else out there, Elizabeth, and that is the ebook that you and Charles wrote a while back called Coach Your Sales Team to Success. Indeed. A simple model for providing feedback and coaching. And this ebook is all about kind of educating people on how to be a coach in some Definitely. ways, right? Definitely. For our managers who are listening, I want you guys to think about what kind of a coach am I for my team? Mm-hmm. Um, because it is really important for managers to be coaches. Yes. And rather than just managing people, managing is holding people accountable to execute against their job description, to execute against um, the organization's goals. And that's important. But how are you coaching people? How are you developing them? How are you working with them individually? Um, that's something that you need to have a plan for. Um, and that gets into that kind of intermediate level coaching. That's the the skills coaching, um, the looking at individuals like you were talking about, Rebecca, and working with them to identify areas for improvement and then apply that. 
apply it. Um, and that's where if you want to get that kind of coaching, you really need to look to your organization, look to your manager and see what they're going to support. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they might direct you to a training course. Sometimes they might have coaches internally. But a lot of times, um, yeah, and again, if you're even an executive um, or the CEO and you want that kind of skills level coaching, you just need to figure out what's the best path to get it, Where whether yeah. it's more of an, a business advisor kind of type relationship that you're looking for, um, or whether you're just going to engage with a coach, maybe short term mm-hmm. on a specific skill, or maybe long term on just general professional development. Coach the coach. Definitely. <laughs> and then when you're looking for that advanced kind of coaching, that's where you're going to be looking, again, typically... Um, Typically, you're looking from from your own budget, um, from your own uh, just desire for self improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're engaging that kind of life coach, some organizations will 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 support that. Yeah. Um, a lot of them will view that as kind of unnecessary. So it'll depend on the culture of your team. But um, you're going to have to probably do some online searching, ask some trusted partners and friends. Does anybody know a coach? And then again, figure out what are the goals for your coaching relationship. Is it an ongoing, long term thing, or is it a kind of short term period? Um, that you're looking to achieve certain things. Definitely. And if you are interested in a refresher on what we've been talking about, you can find it in the ebook that that will be in the show notes, pod criteria for success slash pod 107. I was just going to say pod 107, but that wouldn't help you any. <laughs> Our website, pod 107. <laughs> just pod 107. All right. Uh, I have been yeah. talking everybody's ear off talking about <laughs> coaching. I don't know if you have anything else about coaching, but you wrote the chapter on mentors yeah. and business mentors. So you want to tell us a little bit about um, just what is a business mentor and what's kind of the difference between a mentor and what we've been talking about so far? Definitely. I really was excited to write this chapter because I have personally had a number of different business mentors and other types of mentors mentors in my life and they ha- are are the reason where I, why I'm sitting here today I would say <laughs> you can't it, you can't go it alone I mean you can but it's going to be really hard everything that we do in life is harder when we're doing it by ourselves and so that's why I really believe in the power of having mentors and the biggest differentiator I would say is the financial part of it because typically a mentor is volunteering their time to mentor you yes definitely. they want to give back Mm-hmm. You know, they someone mentored them, and now they want to give back to other people. So I'll, I will say, my first mentor was my dad, and <laughs> he was definitely a f- mentored me for free. <laughs> Be a little weird if you're paying your dad. <laughs> He's given me so much free advice. I owe him the world for all of his free advice. But my dad didn't have it easy. I, you know, I I started to write about it in the ebook, and I just didn't know how to write the story. It was too hard. So I think that I'd be better speaking to it than Mm -hmm. writing about it. But my dad didn't have an easy life. He and my mom um, got pregnant with my brother when they were teenagers and they got married. And my dad had to finish school at night because he had to get a job Mm -hmm. (laughs) and get a house and all that kind of stuff. And he he built a career for himself even in spite of going through kind of a difficult scenario, you know, it was a tough time having a little baby when you're 16 years old. That's pretty crazy. So he really, you know, brought himself up. He ended up going to college. He's college educated. He got into the sales world and um, worked his way to VP of sales for a large franchisor and worked there for over 20 years. And he just has so much wisdom. And he always has told me that the reason that he got to where he he did was because of mentors. Definitely. And I think one really interesting thing about your dad and one um, one thing that probably um, helps him be a better mentor is he's reinvented himself multiple times. Yes. yes. I think a lot of times people who've gone through difficulty, people who have kind of pushed themselves and, and gotten through difficult situations or gotten through big significant change quite often have a really valuable perspective when it comes to their own experience. They can see how they got where they got, and that really helps them mentor other people. Absolutely. Whatever you just said made me scramble for my phone because (laughs) someone posted a quote yesterday that was really interesting. Now The quote goes like this. Now, every time I witness a strong person, I want to know what darkness did you conquer in your story? Mountains do not rise without earthquakes. I love that. Absolutely. And I think a lot of times mentors are people who, because if you kind of just floated and everything was easy for yeah, you, then you didn't yeah. probably need mentoring. You probably didn't need a lot of support or you didn't realize that you did. 
you're not as likely to turn around and be a mentor for other people. Mm -hmm. But um, what you see a lot of times is people mentor people kind of like themselves. Mm -hmm. So you might see a person of color who rose up in an industry that was pretty resistant to them. Mm -hmm. um, And they provide opportunities for other young people of color to help them grow into that same business. You see women doing that. And there are a lot of women's coaching organizations and women's business advisory and mentoring organizations. Um, The, the, oh, what was this? Um, there's one in New York, um, the Financial Women's Association. Mm, yeah. And the whole point of that organization is um, to help provide you know, opportunity for advancement and learning and education and networking potential for women um, who are more advanced in their careers, who've, who've made it. Mm-hmm. But they also have an entire arm where they take junior people, take younger people who are interested in finance, um, women who are young women who are interested in finance, or I think they get people in college and at um, entry-level careers, and they give them free membership and support and coaching and advice. Mm-hmm. And it's that kind of, I've made it up, and now I'm going to reach a hand down yes, and help people yes. follow up after me. And I think it's a really important aspect of mentoring. Definitely. Um, groups who might um, just not have historically um, been as successful in a field, whether they were discriminated against or experienced certain barriers, um, one of the best things you can do is mentor other people so they don't have it as hard as you did. Definitely. And you know, I know this is a business podcast we're talking about business, but this also crosses over to our personal lives as Mm -hmm. well. Having mentors in different aspects of our personal lives. I know that, you know, I, I, everybody knows at this point that I got married recently and my husband and I went through a pre-marriage class and the class was run for free by two married couples that decided to help out and run this class. And the reason why they wanted to do it is they struggled a lot when they first got (laughs) married. They had a terrible beginning. Both of the couples had a really hard time and just a lot of struggles. And so they wanted to mentor young couples to help them ensure that they didn't have to go through the same problems and struggles. And so that's what's really cool about seeking mentors and working with them is you can learn from other people's mistakes. I know we all have to kind of experience certain things for ourselves, but not everything. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And that's something that you often see, um, you know, leaders who who were in really, um, really high level roles and really busy and um, engaged and active and just did big things. Mm -hmm. um, And then they retire. And they're bored out of their minds. <laughs> um, they're like, wow, I didn't know how this could be. And one great way that a lot of them give back is by mentoring mm-hmm. and by making themselves available for that. And um, they were, you know, they went through the fires. They went through a lot yeah. of difficulty. And they're able to take that experience um, and that desire just to give back and to contribute and to to be part of something. You know, um, when you're a mentor and somebody achieves success, you can you can know that you were a part of that. You can feel a sense of contribution, a sense of pride that you helped somebody. Mm-hmm. And that's a really powerful thing. And that's something I think, you know, a lot of times we think mentors are just such heroes and they're just giving everything. But you get something out of it. Yeah. It's a really great yeah. feeling when you mentor somebody and you see them succeed. Definitely. You know, LinkedIn actually has an algorithm now that runs on LinkedIn and has the ability to kind of identify people that they think might be mentors. Mm -hmm. And they'll reach out to you and they'll be like, we have identified that you seem like you would be a mentor. Would you be interested in receiving requests from people? I actually got this message, which was cool. And also like, all right, I I don't know how I'm qualified for this. No, I'm just kidding. And so I said, yes. And uh, some of the inquiries I can't, you know, some people were just like looking for a job and Mm -hmm. wanted hiring advice, that kind of thing. And That was not necessarily what I was thinking it was going to be, but I did get one person reached out to me who was trying to launch a program and that was a cool one. He was Mm -hmm. like, what do you think about this? You know, is this set up the right way? And it was honestly a little bit more business coaching than Mm -hmm. it was being a mentor for him and his, you know, career path. But, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of, that's a cool function. So it's, it's a really neat thing. And now they also LinkedIn has something called ProFinder where you can find advisors for at a cost, paid as well. Yeah. Um, And that's an interesting feature too. That's pretty new to the platform. Definitely. Um, As you mentioned, you've had mentors really at different stages of your career and your life. And I think that is something that's really important for people to understand is that you can have a mentor to guide you through a certain kind of stage of development. Mm, And sometimes you have those long-term mentors. Definitely. Um, You know, it goes back to in college and even before in college, your, um, your advisor was kind of a mentor to you, you know, helping you decide maybe on your major, decide on what 
courses that you should take, um, providing some advice and some feedback. Um, do you want to speak a little bit to the different ways that people would um, would work with different kinds of mentors over different stages of their career? Sure, definitely. I mean, when you're in college, obviously that's the point at which you're trying to figure out, what do I want to do for the rest of my <laughs> life? And everybody freaks out and thinks that they have to have it all figured out. And I've learned over the years that you don't have to have it all figured out. But it is great to work with someone that can help give you direction. And you mentioned an advisor. I would actually say that a lot of my professors served Absolutely. as even better mentors because mm -hmm. they were working in the field yeah. and they were working in that specific line. You yeah. Know, that and they track. saw you in class and they could connect with you as a person, see what kind of a person you were, what kind of a worker you were. I Definitely. will say this, you know, I was kind of laughing because I was watching this. Um, I don't, if anybody watches Grey's Anatomy, you know, it's a fictional doctor TV show. And I was watching this doctor watching Grey's Anatomy on YouTube video, you know, on okay. this video on YouTube where a real doctor watches Grey's to see how accurate it yeah, was. I'm sure they were horrified. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were totally horrified. There were some things that were real, but the biggest thing was that everyone on Grey's Anatomy, all of the, the older, the, you know, the people that have been doctors for a long time, when they have these newbies come in, they're so mean to them. Mm -hmm. And he's like, they're not really like this. They don't really treat people like this. Well, it actually kind of reminds me of my first day in grad school. We were a part of a teaching assistantship program. So we had to go through this whole orientation where we were, you know, basically working out the kinks with each of our teaching gigs because each mm -hmm. of us was going to teach two sections of writing. And I'll never forget this professor who came in and he was like, this is going to be cutthroat. Not all of you guys are going to make it. You know, not everybody. And he was so hard on us, but he actually ended up being a very, he was a great mentor to me. I was mm -hmm. terrified of him after this. That and I'm like, like it. I'm never going to make you it You were like, life. you know, 12 at the time. So. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was pretty young when I started college. So by this point, I was just like, oh my God, like this is I didn't know this was going to be like this. This is so competitive. He's like, look at the person next to you. You're going to have to outbeat them. I'm like, this is writing. How is this, this dramatic? It's English lit. I was an English lit major. But he was saying Cut that. English lit. Well, apparently not everybody gets to be a professor. Well, so yeah, that's hilarious. That was basically what he was saying. But, but yeah. But I do think that's so important when it comes to mentoring. You went a little left field. But um, a lot of organizations offer mentoring programs. And if your organization doesn't, that might be something for you to volunteer to start. Mm -hmm. um, and really think about um, how can we identify key leaders in the organization, people who have grown, who have maybe started at the bottom of the organization and worked their way up, and can they be a mentor for others? Mm -hmm. um, and it's always a good idea to provide mentorship where you have opportunity. I think one, one area, and this kind of ties to what we were talking about when it comes to college, is with interns. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times yeah. people view interns as bodies to do the busy work. You know, are they doing the filing and coffee runs and picking up dry cleaning and, um, you know, just organizing all kinds of like, I hear, hear a lot of database management that interns get to do mm -hmm. on stuff. Uh, that's not the purpose of a mentorship or of an internship um, and not a yeah. purpose of a mentorship. Yeah. And one great value that I've seen some organizations add to internship programs, whether they are uh, ideally paid internships or pretty sketchy free internships is making sure that there are mentors for the yep, interns. Definitely. And that's something if you're assigned to manage an intern or um, you're one of the key people that they're going to work with, consider establishing some level of mentoring relationship where maybe you get coffee with them once a week um, and ask them about what they're learning, how they're thinking about how they would apply what they're learning to um, when they go back to school to their, to their professional life. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just really important um, you know, first of all, we should seek out mentors for ourselves, but anybody listening probably has the opportunity to be a mentor for somebody at an earlier stage in their career. Absolutely. And I really recommend that you, um, you see if you can find somebody that you can provide that level of mentoring to. Definitely. Yeah. We were talking about stages before. So, you know, I gave the crazy college example <laughs> and then I wanted to give an example from when someone first starts a job. I think that it's really important. So to Elizabeth's point, if you're hiring someone that's an intern or is very young in their career. Yeah, entry level. Giving them a mentor and assigning them a mentor. I can't even tell you how crazy it was to work with a mentor at 23 and have him say to me, 
So what are your goals? What would you like to achieve in the next three years and five years and 10 years? I'm like, 10 years? I'll be old. (laughs) 10 years. But looking back, I'm so glad that he got me thinking in that way because, you know, 23-year-olds don't always think like that. They think about what about now or, Mm -hmm. you know, in, in that hysterical state. And then as you're continuing to progress through your career, so say you've been working in sales for five years, 10 years. Yep. 15 years, like, however, you know, things are always changing. And if you want to grow and adapt in your role, mm-hmm. there's only one way to do that. And that is by growing up. <laughs> Absolutely. I think one really important stage where people need, um, at least a mentor and maybe even need a coach is when somebody is first promoted into management. And when somebody, um, maybe you're managing one person um, or a small number of people and don't need it. But if you're managing multiple people, um, and that's actually why you have um, entered the Vistage Emerging Leaders Program is that you're developing quite a team under you. Um, And it's really important to get that mentoring, get that advice, get that coach. As you're moving from being um, primarily a person who who does your own work um, to somebody who is managing other people to accomplish goals, to do more than you could do on your own. Definitely. And so often people get promoted into management because they're good at what they did. You know, you're good at doing the work. Um, You're good at, you're a good salesperson. So we're going to have you a sales manager. You're good at a certain level of delivery. You know, you're a good client service person. So we're going to make you the client service manager. You're a great customer service rep. We'll make you the customer service manager. Mm -hmm. Um, And the same skills that it takes to do the work are not the skills that it takes to be a manager. We all know that. And that's where a mentor can really come in handy. You could also get a coach um, and you might have a coaching program. But if you said, we're going to have a mentoring program in our organization so that every new manager has a mentor that they work with for the first six months or the first year of being a manager and give them some training, give them some advice, some mentoring, some coaching, it'll be, um, you'll be surprised at how much you see a difference because we so often see people get promoted into management and just really flail around and struggle Mm -hmm. and they have no idea what to do. They know how to do the work. They don't know how to manage people, especially if they're managing their former peers or they're managing people who are, um, who are different from them or sometimes difficult. Uh, managing is, it's difficult. It's, it's yep, not something definitely. that you just kind of roll your way into. Mm-hmm. And uh, mentors can really help there. Give them a mentor. Definitely. Yeah. I completely agree. Now, Elizabeth, I feel like we have given a lot of good stuff. There's one thing that I did want to mention about mentors, and that's how some ideas on how you can find a mentor. Yes. Great so idea. for those that you know, are interested in getting a mentor for themselves. In the ebook, I actually give a couple of different ideas. And I'm, I'll give a couple here right now. And the first is, if you are not the boss, if you are not the CEO, ask your boss. Yes. Let them know, you know, that you want to grow and ask them if they know of any people that would be interested in mentoring. Yeah, I'll jump in there. And sometimes your boss can be your mentor, depending on the kind of relationship you have. I meant ask your boss for Yes, but, but that's what advice, I was saying. It's yeah. generally a best practice that your mentor is not your boss. Yes. So, Typically, sometimes um, one outside of the organization is best. Yes. Yes. And um, especially when you're, um, maybe you're a VP or you're in the top leadership team, you're going to definitely need to find a mentor outside the organization because your mentor, your boss might be the only yeah. person senior yes. to you in yes. the organization. I'm glad that we clarified that. That was a good point. Yeah, definitely look for someone outside your organization. And if you don't, if you have a boss, ask your boss if they know anyone. Yep. And if you don't, or if you are the boss, you could also ask your net, your network. Mm-hmm. Um, I give a recommendation in the ebook about what you can do on LinkedIn to mm-hmm. try to find advice and some ideas for mentors. Um, you can also search on social media. If you just search the hashtag business mentor, yep. you know, see who's out there. See who, because people want to help. People want to mentor other people. Like you said, they want to give back. So they're looking for you. You're looking for them. I've heard stories about people who just reached out cold to somebody that they they thought was impressive um, and said, you know, are you willing to be a mentor? I'm not recommending that you reach out to like the CEO of a major company in the news. I mean, I don't think they're probably, (laughs) that's going to work. But if there's somebody who looks like they're a giver, they look like they like to give back. yeah. You know, and you're you're yeah. uh, you're a brave enough person. Maybe reach out to them. Yeah, definitely. Um, reaching out to people you know in your network who mm-hmm. seem to have had mentors or seem seem to have um, seem to have grown in the way that you want to grow, and even saying, you know, could you connect me to some of the same mentors you've had? That can also be helpful. Like if you reach out yeah. to individuals, yeah. or even thinking about people in your network, mm-hmm. someone that you really like and respect, mm-hmm. and talking to them because you never know they might have mentored others previously in 
they're waiting for you to ask them. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. I know that, you know, I'm in the process of interviewing some mentors for this Emerging Leaders program. And there was someone that I had in mind already before I even got into this that I wanted to speak to. And she wasn't on the list um, that I received of some recommendations. But basically, I was given a list of people that were open and willing to be mentors. So that's wonderful. You know, even if you're not part of Vistage or you're not interested in being a part of Vistage, I'm sure that you could email a Vistage chair in your area and they would give you a list of people that would be willing to mentor because that's what it's all about. Yeah, definitely reaching out to business coaches. Um, They might have a handle on who provides mentoring. And again, the big distinguishing factor of mentoring is it's generally not compensated. Yes. Um, So you may or may not want to specify that (laughs) when you're reaching out. (laughs) I'm looking for a free mentor. (laughs) Yep. Awesome. Elizabeth, so any last words on this? I feel like I said all the words. Sorry. I think I dominated (laughs) the conversation a bit. Well, this is a really big topic and it's really important. So I'm glad that we took the time to really speak to each section and each area. And hopefully it's provided some clarity to our listeners. And there's a whole lot more in the ebook. Yeah. (laughs) If if it didn't, there's a lot more in the (laughs) ebook. So thank you so much for listening to the show today. And you can find the show notes along with the links to all the ebooks. We mentioned the ebook from this month about coaching and advisors, coaching. Oh my gosh, I can't even speak. The difference between advisors, coaches, and mentors, and then also that coaching, coaching your team to success ebook also. Yeah. And I think we might also want to include the hiring ebook. Okay. Because we talked about hiring and I think we That's have an ebook that talks about the talent experience chemistry thing. We do. It's and then in we, there, the section on on chemistry. We might also want to include the ebook on setting goals. Okay. Um, it's very specific to setting sales goals, but something that you will want to work with, with an advisor or a coach or a mentor is set good goals. Yes. And some of the principles in the setting sales goals, or if you're a sales manager, um, the whole concept of sales goals, uh, you okay. need to do that. Um, as you start working with your advisor or coach or mentor. All right. I will include all of those links, Elizabeth. Thank you. Thank you. Just trying to add value to our listeners. No, I love it. And there will also be a link to the webinar, just as a reminder, yes. if you are interested in That'll be a great one. Hearing, it's going to be really cool because Mark and Charles are both going to be in the webinar together. I'll be interviewing them kind of about their experience and so that'll be a fun one, definitely. And if you miss the webinar, if that time doesn't work for you, still sign up and you'll get a link to the recording. Yep. Um, and you can even sign up later to view the recording. So if you yes. can't make December 18th, don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about the date and time. We'll have it on replay. We know that everyone's busy and you watch your webinars when you have the time definitely. or listen. I often sign up knowing that I'm not going to be there and I just want to get the link <laughs> and the recording later. Absolutely. And of course, be sure to tune in next week. We have a special interview episode with Amy Franco. She is the author of The Modern Seller. I just love Amy. She's awesome. I, mean, I should ask her to be my mentor. She's a genius. And um, <laughs> of course, tune in on Friday. We are going to have an inspirational quote, and all month we're writing about advisors, coaches, and mentors on the blog. So check that out at criteriaforsuccess.com slash blog. And if you're enjoying this the show, please subscribe and throw us a like, comment, whatever it's called on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this show. And hey, I want to know what you thought about the format of this episode as well. It's more conversational, and I hope that it provided value to you. This is how we talk uh, in the team. So yes. it's really a CFS kind of CFS is talking. Definitely. <laughs> and Let's Talk Sales is a production of Criteria for Success and is produced by myself here, Rebecca Tooney, Ariana Misko, and Elizabeth Friedrich. Happy, Happy selling. selling. Nice. <laughs> I love it. <laughs>